Kristen whispers sonnets. Join me for a sonnet bedtime treat. Hello, <laughs> it's Kristen Garth, and I'm in bed with my unicorn. So it's Monday night and we are together and I'm going to whisper you some sonnets tonight. And tonight's theme is called hot chocolate. <laughs> and for some people who follow my Instagram and my Twitter, I um, it's kind of funny because you might be thinking I might be talking about the shoes because I'm a hot chocolate shoe addict. and. Um, I post a lot of pictures in my socks and so therefore sometimes in my shoes which are hot chocolate brand a lot and I do love them in an addictive way but that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is going to be about me reading some sonnets of mine that I have written for this book called, called Golden Ticket. And Golden Ticket is a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory homage book which is a bunch of sonnets kind of categorized in different levels um, from milk, which are um, more pure and innocent and sweet sonnets, to more dark, which deal with things like um, my TV, you know, um, for example, that character in the dark, he gets reduced to um, a very small boy and lives in a dollhouse, and he's very violent almost like um like a, a school shooter or something like that but it's mini- miniaturized and handleable and it's kind of a commentary on how parents i think a lot of times think that the problems of their children are small and can be kept and contained maybe in a house and perhaps that's a mistake because you know obviously we all interact with the larger world so there's you know some social critique and things like that but um then (laughs) there's a final section that is its own Kristen Garth kind of you know flavor woman child (laughs) um thing which is called hot chocolate and the reason I I was trying to think of a name because um, I started writing these poems were basically like a love triangle between, well, I shouldn't say love, lust triangle between um, uh, Sl- Arthur Slugworth, which is um, Willy Wonka's competitor, who sent, we know in the book, sent in spies, and Willy Wonka's very upset about that, and he closes off his um, his factory and he invites these children in and then he's going to train one to take over well a lot of the things I try to do in this book golden ticket which comes out from in August from Roaring Jr. It's to take little pieces of the story like that where you have an opening and say you know oh he's upset about a spy I wonder what kind of spy and of course because I was a stripper you know I always like to think of women coming in and, um, you know, dominating in that way, in a subtle way, (laughs) so, um, in in unexpected ways, so in my hot chocolate story, the spy is a woman who seduces Willy Wonka, and the first poem I'm going to read to you from that section is called 
the sweet seduction of Willy Wonka. Oh no, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I'm going to read another one first. Um, we'll get to the sweet seduction of Willy Wonka. That's the second. But first, I need to go back <laughs> and explain how Slugworth meets this woman who will come to uh, work for him and then he will decide to use as a good spy against um, Willy Wonka who he's always trying to get his ideas. So actually the poem I'm going to read first is called Sugar Daddies and it's about a strip club and I like to write poems about strip clubs so it's fun to find my own like way into these stories. <laughs> so here we go. Sugar Daddies American Candy Expo meets in Chicago each year. Arthur Slugworth's jet consistently appears before show begins day early to play. Bittersweet secrets over his butterscotch schnapps confessed to the ponytailed stripper her peach ring pop bubblegum thong, sweet visage suggest she is a shell you could tell anything, but cotton candy brains can cling. Also the voice recorder and bow in her hair. It isn't nice. It isn't fair. She knows your preferred sweet competitors prepare. The sugar daddy, like name of this place. Give her a job, or she shares your disgrace. So, at this point, this is how, obviously, um, Slugworth meets the woman who will become his secretary and then a spy. And it's because she was a stripper at this um, uh, club called Sugar Daddies. And uh, that Slugworth was attracted to going to because scandalously his own his favorite candy is not a candy that he makes even though like Willy Wonka he's a chocolatier candy man he um craves a sugar daddy and so he makes a remark to the stripper who realizing you know that she now has him on voice recording because of the bow in her hair realizes what what a great commercial that would make to have your um, competitor calling your candy the their favorite candy, and so anyway, she bribes him to get her work her way out of the topless world and into the corporate candy world, and we'll see how that what what happens next because then we go into the poem called "The Sweet Seduction of Willy Wonka." And I really enjoyed writing this poem. I love sex and candy. So this, uh, this was a perfect marriage of uh, material for me to get to do the innocent part of this book. And really, you know, this is a very woman-child book because, like, I think it has something for the whole person. I'm trying to figure out a way when I write it to, um, in these sections, you know, say, like, okay, you know, you could read these to children, uh, you know, these are, uh, a little more, and, you know, this is like a mature rating here, but they're all in fun, and I, to me, I think people are complex, and we all like to have all those sides of ourselves stimulated, the innocent side and the more dirty, but this is going to get more dirty as this goes on, so, 
Here we go. The sweet seduction of Willy Wonka. Three confectioners would introduce spies into his factory. Slugworth tries one with chocolate brown eyes. Taffy tongue slides down stripes of suckers supersized. Young nun by the visage that is but disguise. Sweet a candy man should recognize. Slugworth Slugworth at first himself was victimized repeated times, safe compromised twice before he first realized, emphasizes his power to put her in cuffs. Or would wise sticky figures acquire him stuff from disenfranchised shies shut-in chocolatiers? Weak she appears in sugar balloons, inviting his bites, an indecent show for Slugworth, taste of sweets to experts know. So now you see that once she went to work for him, that um, her secretary, and I haven't even named her yet. It's so crazy because, like, in, you know, she's the made-up character. The other two characters had names, and I really should come up with a name for her, at least talking about her like this, even if I don't use it in the actual book, but I probably should. So, um, anyway, I got to work on that. <laughs> something candy-ish but anyway um so she um gets the job and and of course well I shouldn't say of course but she obviously blackmailed him you know uh, in the strip club so we kind of know her integrity level and so when she gets into the job she was always looking for some kind of easy way and she had um she had then um broken into his safe and instead of like oh I could you know now blackmail you and you know with you could go to jail you know and everything else he decides oh oh or you could go take your um devious ways and get me what I really want which is some Willy Wonka recipes that aren't on you know display you know that are not available yet and and let's beat him to it and so you know she is sent over and um of course in this poem you know she ends up having like seducing Willy Wonka and um like you know there's a hint of that but we don't really know in this poem we don't really get a lot of sexuality between those two although apparently you know she and Slugworth have some sort of sexual thing because when she arrives back in the balloons which um that comes from the book which is one of the many um rooms that he had things working on that weren't fully developed I sometimes I would take a room that was just mentioned by name and they never went inside of it and I did a whole poem on that room and so I used one of these rooms like that to be the new idea which was um the bubble the balloons that you could pop blow up and then eat like gum and so I had her since she was a stripper doing like a burlesque show at the end in these balloons for Slugworth to bite and eat <laughs> and so um 
we kind of see more of their sexuality and obviously an implication that she seduced Willy Wonka, but, but not the um, evidence, not the lustful words. But that comes up because the next poem that I'm going to read to you takes place in the great glass elevator and that is why I um, decided to name it love in a great glass elevator because I wanted to show that although this um, spy is definitely very self-interested and she's determined you know to improve herself at the cost of these men that she does have um you know, emotions and feelings, and that maybe when she's alone, she would remember the good parts with Willy Wonka, you know, that, uh, and, and maybe kind of let us in on some of, you know, what it was like to have sex in the great glass elevator. So this is that story. Love in a great glass elevator. The recurring sex dream of Slugworth spy who seduced Willy Wonka. When glass doors close, I am no longer spy. Dance nude, translucent box, candy man between taut thighs, full force of rocket propellants, amplifying thrust of him. Prim, petite, chocolatier, with an everlasting lust. Pixie dust from fingertips, brush of button, shower us. His stick swirling deeper within until a scrumptious rush. Endorphins splay sticky limbs. We care not where we do descend. Paroxysms push buttons neither comprehends until we are there and the gravitational bounce summons moans now echoed doubts ten thousand feet deep in rock candy mines I visit asleep. And I had a lot of fun writing these. Um, I, I felt, you know, a little worried at times, you know, when I, um, you know, you take your liberties with something that's like very beloved, but then at the same time, I think Roald Dahl is all about, t you know, taking your liberty. I mean, um, you know, he is a very irreverent writer. And I think as a people like about him and it's so resonant and it's so, um, so many things about his writing that I relate to. I mean, there's things that I don't relate to. And I try to, um, for example, um, when I, when I wrote poems later about Augustus Gloop, um, I wanted to write not about so much about the body shaming aspects because, you know, I didn't, you know, I feel there's some, you know, outdated attitudes in the books, of course, like any books, but at the same time, the things that I related to Royal Doll is I've always been a rhymer and that doesn't always make you cool. <laughs> and in fact, when I first started writing, I had a, I had to fight like a, a battle about that. And I feel like I still, I go through moments where I still fight that battle. And sometimes actually I've learned, you know, when I was young, when I, I mean, when I say younger, I've only 
been writing, publishing for three years, but at the beginning of that three years, because I hadn't had any success yet, and I hadn't had a book, and I, you know, that meant so much to me, I was determined, it was like, if here's a wall, here's a person that says, I will never publish a sonnet, or I'll never publish rhyming, or I'll never, I was determined to break that wall down, because I felt like if I didn't, potentially I would never get anywhere. Um, now I've kind of changed my attitude on that because, I, you know, maybe because of my health and um, just being more um, self-care and more realizing, you know, that, you know, you can be determined and you can do a lot of things, but some places I don't have to break down the door to every place. Maybe I'm not supposed to be in every place. And, you know, I, I don't want to ever be in a place that makes me feel bad or like, oh, we're doing you a favor or, well, I don't really like that. You know, I just don't have that in me anymore to, um, like push myself in places where I don't, I don't feel valued. And so, but when I first started, I definitely, I felt like I did. And, you know, like I felt like it was, this is how you survive and this is how you're going to get a book. And, you know, I did. And now I'm on to my 17th book. So it's like, you know, I, I think I just got to the point of like the people who, you know, will like you for what you do are going to. But at the same time, I, I'm not telling people this in, in a giving you advice way because I do think that you have to break down barriers of any kind of discrimination if you can. But at the same time, you know, you do have to be gentle with yourself. So, you know, you do it till you feel like, you know, maybe I'm not in the best position psychologically to do that anymore. And I I did it enough to, you know, work my way into the places I want to be in. So, you know, life is a journey like that. But um, anyway, a long diversion there. But it is to say that I, Royal Doll is a rhymer. And I just always, I feel a kinship with people who, um, you know, embrace that part of writing. And that um, I think rhyme when it's done right, you know, it, it can get into people's psyches in a way that other things cannot. And you know, I just think it meets a lot of discrimination because, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of people, you know, I mean, do it great, you know, and I'm not saying, and I, you know, probably a lot of times I don't do it great, but I feel like I, you know, it's my comfort zone and I used, I'm not looking to evolve out of it It is my style and I love it. And, um, you know, I always want to be in any place where I am in my career because I, um, I did it, you know, my way, (laughs) you know, I did it in my voice and I didn't change. Just like when I was talking to someone about this earlier, we were talking about kind of the style you present yourself online. And I am very like a person who takes a lot of selfies and I can be sexy and stuff like that. And I probably in a way that makes some people uncomfortable, but at the same time, probably in a way less of a way than some people would like me to be, you know, they'd probably like me to be more fully that way. And I, I do it to the degree that I am comfortable and that is my style, you know, because I don't do it, you know, to try to compete with someone else or whatever. I just show myself 
as I am and what I like and hope that others do and that's kind of how I am with my writing and that means that I rhyme and there will be people that won't like that but you know what oh well you know what I'm saying I that's but but that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this royal doll book so much this homage to someone who has such a voice like that that I also relate to so Anyway, thank you so much for listening to the hot chocolate episode. And it is a really fun book. It's coming out in August from Roaring Junior called Golden Ticket, Milk Chocolate, Dark Chocolate, and Hot Chocolate, all in one book. And can speak to all the child in you and the adult in you from front to back. So um, I hope you will check that out. And I'm very excited for it myself. But I've had a great time talking to you guys. And we are going to hold on to our My Unicorn and whatever you're holding on to. And let's say goodnight because we will have Kristen whisper sonnets next Monday. But for now, it's time to go to bed. Sonnet bedtime treat.